0: Pumpkins, welcome to another week at camp. I don't want to die. I don't want to die.
1: Grab your sleeping bag and flashlight and gather around the fire for some wicked fun.
0: As always, this week's thrills and chills are chock full of spoilers, so listeners beware.
1: Woo! Now for this week's tale of gore and more. Woo!
0: and welcome back to another episode of copulators die first I'm your fearsome host Ashley and with my good pal and co-host co-creator Nick
1: oh my god hi (laughs) Uh,
0: we have some new friends joining us tonight yay yay friends yay friends these are our newest addition to the counselors bunk at camp I don't want to
2: die very excited to be here. Uh, My name is Megan, also known as MJ Pack. I am one half of the podcast Toil and Trouble, a podcast of the macabre, where we talk about true crime, paranormal, all sorts of stuff. And who's here with me?
3: This is her better half. I'm Tori. (laughs) (laughs) And I also talk about true crime and horror and stuff. And to and be Megan. fair, Nick Nick
0: is my better half as well. I understand. Everybody needs to have a strong husband in their life. Um, I I am Megan's strong husband. I know <laughs> why I said that.
1: <laughs> I may is be Ashley's so husband, but I don't know how strong I am.
0: Strong enough, my friend. That's all I need you for. To so be strong and emotionally supportive, because I'm you a mess do. always.
1: Pause. You just quoted Cher. Thank you. You're
0: welcome. <laughs> that was on purpose. I figured. But I'm not strong enough to live without you. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably I'm, do it without I'm, you. Too, I'm right? really,
1: I'm holding myself so hard right now from doing a share impression because it's not worth it.
0: Um, It is because it's our podcast and nobody else's. So do what I, you want.
1: No, I don't want to do it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I
0: would like to hear it. It just reminds like me of Stuart from MAN TV. I don't want to do it.
1: I don't want to do it. <laughs> I can't believe it. Forgot about that, dude.
2: Never forget about Stuart. I mean, I strongly identify with the, look what I can do. Yeah, Yeah, no, that's fair. We are all aware.
1: There's definitely people out there that don't even know what that is because they're too young to know what Mad TV was. And that's really sad.
0: I recently um, read a descriptor of our generation because we were all collectively the same age. And it made me so happy that someone on the internet described us as the Spice Girls generation. 100. And I can
2: die an old gay now and be happy. Okay, Spice. Baby. We've all got to pick our Spice girl right now, obviously. baby. Yeah. Dibs. That's you fair. Ca-
0: uh, <laughs> I'm clearly she- the gay ones, Sporty Spice. But, <laughs> oh, but wait. we have receipts. <laughs> Otherwise.
3: Great. Oh, I've heard about that. Mm. Did you hear about it from our episode? I don't remember which one it was. Uh, I heard about it on the news, because it actually made a news item, of um, Scary and Ginger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I like mean... Scary Spice? Yeah, no, Scary Spice <laughs> is, like, is like, she she's, like, discussed this with the world, that she's bisexual, but I think, I think Jerry How well, I, her last name isn't Howell anymore, it's Jerry Horner, I think, is her new last name, but... I don't know. I think she's like, I have children. We can't talk about my sexuality anymore. And it's like, bitch. That's when you should be talking about your, your sexuality. Entire, and like, her entire career was like, well, with the Spice Girls, was based around being like the busty, like sensual, like burlesque Spice Girl.
0: Yeah. She was vampy. She was like
2: a vixen. Um, yeah, she Tori,
3: was a sexy Tori one.
2: Tori called baby before I could get to it. But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm probably ginger. However, (laughs) however, I do not agree with her decision to not talk about her sexuality, because like you said, you you cannot make a living off of your sexuality and then say you don't want to discuss it anymore. But on top of that, it's nothing to be ashamed of. It should be something that's very healthy and discussed and open. Yeah. As long as you want to, I guess. I don't know. It's.
0: Uh, But you spent so many years like building that persona for yourself Mm -hmm. and then you're just like, just kidding, shelf it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm
1: a a mom
2: mom. now.
0: She's like a mom now.
1: She like, she writes children's books, but also after that like reunion tour where the four of them were just going around the UK, apparently it was Jerry that was like, nah, I don't want to do this around the world. So sorry. And that's why we're not getting a second Spice Girls reunion tour.
0: Which is bullshit. I'm going to quote my wife. I'm going to sue them. (laughs) (laughs) There's no merit. I have no funds to do so. But I'm claiming I'm doing it. So maybe they'll get scared by me and my $18 Mm -hmm. in my Venmo account.
3: (laughs) Same. Did you know that on Airbnb you can actually spend the night in the tour bus from the Spice World movie? Yeah. Um, it's it. booked yes. a year in advance because I I tried to do it.
1: Well, <laughs> like of <course> you did. <laughs> yeah. So so fun fact about that: when they started setting that up as a Airbnb, someone was like mass following people on Instagram uh, with the official Spice Girls Spice Bus Instagram account. No,
0: <laughs> no. And they,
1: they randomly followed co- the copylater's die first Instagram account and. <gasps> I don't know why. I'm not sure like what made that died. decision. But it was it it was it was a day that I remember. Actually I think I might have been in Ohio when that happened.
2: I'll think... never forget the day the bus followed us on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Listen,
0: if this is a thing that actually happened, you never told me about it and now I'm just salt of the earth. Like that one know. time like that one time you told me Angela from Night of the Demons started following our account and I about had a fucking stroke.
1: So... Right. Yeah.
0: That's a thing that happened. And then I tried to look and I was like actually TBH I'm not sure what I'm looking for. So...
1: Well then they unfollowed us and followed us back again like a couple months <gasps> the ago. The bus? Yeah. So the bus is like a hot mess it sounds like. I not it- it's
2: fired up.
0: yeah Yeah.
1: it's just you know they're just they're they're um they're trying to spread the word about the spice bus and that
2: that bus is sheisty yeah i I will say the twitter account for hollywood digest which i don't believe i've ever read hollywood digest or had any sort of interest in hollywood digest probably follows me and unfollows me uh, like two to three times a week and i'm like nope not following you don't care right like why do you it's aggressive it's aggressive
3: I mean, I don't like Twitter. I, I don't get either. it. I don't know how to do it. I'm too old. I will say back in like 2012 when I tried Twitter for the first time, Polly Shore randomly followed me.
1: Ooh.
3: <laughs> Was <laughs> he I in the have... biodome? He, he could have came into my biodome. Oh, oh no, <laughs> I'm kidding.
2: Everybody I'm settle in. This is it only gets worse from here.
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> sorry, okay. Mom.
0: Sorry, I'm guys. I'm ready. Um, I mean it's this is counselor's bunk whatever stays in counselor's bunk stays in counselor's bunk.
1: Yeah I mean who did who we had somebody we had a discussion with somebody else about somebody oh oh Paul Rudd. Oh Paul, Paul Rudd. Rudd discussion yeah with the worst with the worst horror podcast. They were just like all about Paul Rudd, which agree I'm all about Paul Rudd too, but what I forgot to tell them was, at my old job, one of our secretaries was Paul Rudd's children's nanny.
0: <gasps> Shut up! The so, random. like,
1: I I used to have one degree of separation between me and Paul Rudd. Um, not anymore. Uh,
0: I, mean, I mean, you still technically know them, right?
1: I, yeah, but... Um, it's New York, and this woman that I worked with kind of was, like, working towards being, like, a kept um, housewife situation, mainly because she just didn't want to work. And her husband was, like, working towards this big job with Hilton Hotels. <laughs> um, Is he going to be Paris believe...
0: Hilton's secretary? <laughs> uh,
1: I, I, I believe she, su- she succeeded in her... <laughs> in her plan of not needing to work anymore. So I don't know if she still babysits Paul Red's children, but um,
2: shout out to that lady,
1: shout out to them.
2: That's one of the hard parts about living in St. Louis is that I don't know if you guys know, but John Hamm is from St. Louis Mm -hmm. and he's like a huge blues fan, huge Cardinals fan. So he's here all the time. And Uh... so I cannot tell you how many times I've been driving around. I've been like, Is that John Ham? Oh, no, it's just another very handsome man.
0: My (laughs) wife would be riding shotgun with you, going, Oh man, where's the
2: ham? Where's (laughs) the ham? Especially because we all know he walks around sans boxers. Yeah, we've seen pictures. He's got it happening.
0: You could see it from a mile away, probably.
2: Oh, I'd love to.
0: I'm sure you could.
2: I'm gonna get in trouble. Yeah,
1: yeah. Who who are you gonna get in trouble with? Who's
3: who is her Her very ridiculously jealous? Her boyfriend is the most jealous person I've ever met in my life. He wants to fight Ghost Elvis, like literally swinging at the end. Oh my
2: god, like, and this is funny because this is our upcoming episode about like, uh, can I tease it, Tori? Can I say what we're doing?
3: Go ahead, do your okay.
2: So, we're doing a very special birthday episode, probably tomorrow, um, where we talk about, like, people who have had sex with ghosts and that sort of thing. And I don't know if you guys heard my Elvis story. No. Okay. So, I'll, I'll try to be quick about it. But basically, when I was staying in Springfield, I stayed at a motel where Elvis stayed in 1956. And I had this dream that night where there's this guy in my room. I was by myself. And he kept getting into bed with me and like trying to fool around, but he only wanted to mess with my feet, which was just super bizarre. And I was like, that's so Mm -hmm. odd. And I never saw his face. He just had dark hair. And so the next day I get up and I'm talking to one of my friends and they're like, well, look it up. Did like Elvis have a foot fetish? And I was like, I don't know, like probably not. And I looked it up and apparently he is like one of the most famous foot fetishists. Like he used to screen the girls that were his groupies based on their feet.
0: Oh, that just made my butthole so
3: uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no. So it was just always a weird story. Like I really don't think it really means anything. But I had I had told my boyfriend about it, and there is one day it was like right after Elvis had been given the Presidential Medal of Honor. Uh, I don't know, probably earlier this year, and he's literally walking around the kitchen, going, "Oh no, Elvis! Just because you got a medal from Trump doesn't mean you can have my girlfriend." I was like, "Are you legitimately arguing with the ghost of Elvis right now?" You can fight Elvis, fight Ghost Elvis. I would love to see it. I'd love to see it. But the thing is, is that like it, it's it's a very sweet jealousy. It's not like in a controlling way. It's just more like, oh my my lady, and I'm like, yeah, I'm into it. So
3: also, yeah.
0: Ghost Elvis sounds like a pervo. I, I think agree. regular
2: Elvis was a pervo. Oh,
0: yeah, I'm sure. I mean,
3: how how old was um, uh, what's her face,
2: Priscilla? She was Priscilla 14. Presley.
3: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. why why are we overlooking that as a problematic thing we don't ever talk uh, about that because of his
2: face and body and that's not right but i'll admit it he has a beautiful face
3: he did no, he doesn't he does not i Tory don't is a staunch, okay. a staunch
2: okay i get
0: it it um 50s elvis had a nice face 70s elvis did not have a nice face okay i'll agree with that
2: i mean he started to get very jowly sorry if you're oh. listening elvis I, I, don't I don't think Elvis
0: cares
3: what Elvis what we're saying about Elvis.
2: <laughs> you might be surprised.
3: I think um, he's ugly, and I think the Twilight guy is ugly. What's Twilight? What 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 Twilight? Robert guys? Pattinson. Yes, a- thank you. Batman. Yeah. Oh, oh my yeah, God. He's new Batman. About that.
2: Yeah. No, I've never found him like. I, well, okay, no. Let's let's take a step back, Tori. He could get it in the Harry Potter movies.
3: No, even as Cedric no? Diggory,
0: I was like, meh. No, I wouldn't have cast him as Cedric Diggory, to be honest. Thank you. I don't know who I would have cast as Cedric Diggory, but it definitely wasn't him. I would have cast Zach Bagans.
3: <laughs> I mean, okay. he
0: probably would have dude bro douched his way through that Triwizard tournament like a fucking champ. <laughs> and then he would have made it to the end, and, like, Voldemort would have been like, kill the extra. And he would have been like, come at me, bro. And that would have been the end. And then
2: he, and then he would have. Yeah. yeah. And then he was I, like, uh, I am vaporized. I ruined Tori's life the other day because I have always had this theory about Zach Bagans. The way that he acts and his tight black t-shirts and, like you said, his come-at-me-bro attitude has always struck me as somebody who was, like, severely bullied in high school. Leave him alone! And then, hold on, I'm not done. And then after high school, like, beefed up and now he's just got to be super aggro all the time to, like, show that his bullies that, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's whatever. And then... I found a picture of him from high school, and I was 100% right. He is such, such a dork. I
3: hate you for sending me that. Now
0: you're in on the know, and maybe you can be on an episode of Snapped about it.
2: Yes! <laughs> that would be great if... Well, no, it would not... Oh, I am the worst person in the world. I was just about to say, that would be great if somebody ended up murdered.
3: Well, that would be so great. Well, Megan, why don't you tell everybody, because this isn't our show, this is their show. Uh-huh. Tell everybody why you were on Snapped.
2: <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I guess that does. That actually one of my friends Emma um was telling her mom right after it aired. She was like, "Oh, Megan's going to be on Snapchat and blah blah blah." and was like trying to figure out how to watch it on TV. And her mom was finally like, "Why are you friends with a murderer?" And she had to explain. No, you are a true crime journalist. That's what she was she was on there for so yeah i was uh, on an episode of snapped killer couples uh based on my coverage of the gypsy rose blanchard and nicholas godejan case which was super cool um they actually like flew me out to knoxville and like paid for my hotel and paid for my rental car and everything and it was like a super cool experience and uh tori i know this is super self-indulgent but can i tell my other story that i told on the podcast about why this was so sweet
3: yeah why are you asking me this it's not my show you (laughs) You can say what you want to say
2: so uh when I first covered the the gypsy case back in 2015 I was with my now ex-husband um and I like we had watched snapped a million times with his dad it was like his favorite show we bought him like a a snapped dvd box set so yeah so it was like a big deal and so when the case was happening I was like this is a perfect story for snapped. Cause she did, she snapped. And so I was kind of joking around and I was like, you know, I'm getting a lot of like inside dirt on this case. And like, I-, I feel like this could really go somewhere. Maybe I'll get to be on an episode of snapped. And he goes, bullshit. You're not going to be on an episode of snapped. So when these people reached out and they're like, we're from snapped killer couples we'd like to have you on the show. I was just like, Oh, Oh, it's karma. So sweet. It's going to give you diabetes.
0: Was Spongebob singing Sweet Victory to you when it happened?
2: Yes, it really was. Walking around, double birds in the air. He's not even, I haven't seen him in years, and I'm still just like, oh, because I what know. Is
0: a, yeah, so Ohio is real weird. I mean, I live 25 minutes from
2: Jeffrey Dahmer's childhood home where he, you know, murdered Stephen Hicks. Wow. Yeah, that's how we feel about Springfield. There's yeah, just like, it's so weird. much weird stuff that, like... And every single person that I've talked to who has not been to Springfield previously, I try to tell them and warn them, no, this place is weird. And they're, oh, well, you're kind of making it up. And every person has come back, like, why is this place so weird? i I'm feel like, no, like, I know.
0: I feel like that's Springfield synonymous because Nick and I grew up in a different Springfield, which is equally as weird.
1: Very much so...
0: I mean Nick walked past the dead body
1: twice. No, what? multiple times. Okay. Multiple
3: times. Wait, the same body or different bodies?
1: Same body.
3: Okay. Same uh, body better.
1: yaddy yaddy. <laughs> so I remember it was I forget what grade I was in, but I used to walk home from school every day when I was like in middle school and elementary school. But there was a car parked outside this house on my street for like weeks and like tickets were piling up and it was like okay this is weird but whatever and then like one day it was gone the neighborhood rumor mill and gossip queens whatever were like oh what's going on da 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 da, da, da. and it turns out that the police came to finally collect the car and they found a dead body in the trunk
3: Oh my gosh. So I was um, just walking um, past um. the
1: body for like weeks and weeks and weeks, but it never smelled. So I don't know how that happened because it was also like definitely the summer.
3: Ew, I feel Oof. like it
1: would smell. It should have. I don't
2: that know. Pro- oh, can you imagine being the cop who popped that trunk open? <laughs> <clears throat> you and know, then- it, you know it was probably like the rookie cop who immediately just goes, "Blah." Yeah, it,
0: it would be me. Out.
1: I wish I had been there, but I was not. <laughs>
2: you,
1: and were probably,
0: you were probably at swim practice, TBH.
1: Like, actually, like, that's probably actually where I was. I know. Yeah, in, in middle school, yeah. Um, so, do, yeah.
0: do you ladies want to tell our lovely Pumpkin Patch the film that you chose?
3: <laughs> Megan, I'm going to let you take this one. No, no,
0: wow, no, really? Tori. I think this is your fault. So I feel
3: yeah. like <laughs> this is where you well, take the. Well, ha- Megan, I brought it to you, but in like two thousand and what, Megan? Like eight, you brought this shit to my door. Like you were the one that introduced <laughs> me to what's okay, haunted me okay. for the rest of my life.
2: That's that's fine. I will go ahead and do the intro. I will take all of the blame. It's <laughs> fine. So we are going to talk about the movie manos hands of fate now this movie came out in 1966 um i actually i don't know if you guys know this but i have an article that i'm going to be referring back to which actually tori should be able to tell you this will help keep me on track and actually have me not rambling off on (laughs) tangents
1: Mm
2: -hmm. um so Uh, I found this movie because I used to love, well, I still do, but I thought the reboot was kind of, I used to love mystery science theater movies. And so I would go to our local Sam Goody because yes, I'm that old. (laughs) Same. We're all that old. So it's fine. (laughs) Good. Um, And I would find like, cause for whatever reason, Sam Goody was the only one that would have the mystery science theater movies come in on DVD. And I picked this one up, took it home. And I swear to God, this movie has been a litmus test for my friends. That's why (laughs) I showed you Tori. Is because I figure, like, and there were people that I would show this to and just sit there and be like, I don't get it. Or there would would be people who would laugh their asses off and say this is ridiculous. And I'm like, okay, yeah, now we can be friends. (laughs) Um, So the plot of this movie, uh, I found a really, really good plot description for my article. And so... uh, (laughs) The film's plot revolves primarily around a vacationing family who lose their way on a road trip. After a long drive in the Texas desert, the family is trapped at a lodge maintained by a polygamous pagan cult, and they attempt to escape as the cult's members decide what to do with them. The film is infamous for its technical deficiencies, especially its significant editing and continuity flaws, (laughs) its soundtrack and visuals not being synchronized tedious pacing, abysmal acting, and several scenes that are seemingly in- inexplicable or disconnected from the overall plot, such as a couple making out in a car, or the master's wives breaking out into cat fights.
3: It is probably, I would venture and make a bold statement here, the most important 70 minutes of television ever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you're not joking about the runtime, it is... Only seventy minutes. It's yeah, so... that's why I
3: like it. It feels I get so, so long. I get so antsy during movies. I like I have to keep it short and sweet. Manos is perfect. It's like he I'm gonna be a wife of Manos.
0: Um so after Tori suggested we watch this, I said, Hey, have you seen Furry Nights though? Oh, <laughs> oh my god. god.
3: Yes. And I watched it because if I did this to you, it's only fair that you did that to me.
2: Oh, so you guys haven't seen this movie before? No. no. Oh no. did you Did you watch the original cut or did you watch Mystery Science Theater?
3: No, we watched the the original.
2: original. Oh, I'm sorry.
3: Yeah, it's it's on... I watched it again last night just to be fresh.
1: Okay. I'm sorry you
3: did that to yourself on our
1: (laughs) It's okay because um, I'm usually up for anything, as is Ashley. But I will say I went into this not knowing anything about the film or how it was created... So I was like, okay, this is definitely campy. Like, whatever. I was like, I'm watching this. I am experiencing it with my eyes and ears. And then I was like, okay, I have to finish it. I don't know what's really going on. Um, And then it got to a point where I was like, I can't tell if it's just really horrible or if this was intentional and then yesterday i was talking to my husband in the car about it and i was like i don't know how this is going to go down because it's just bad and and then you know um the the wikipedia as usual came in clutch and my husband was reading me the wikipedia article for it as we were I forget where we were going. I think it was the food store. But regardless, um, once I knew the background of this film and how it was created and why it was created, then I felt a lot better about it. I was like, like, okay, this makes a lot of sense now. Like, now I can appreciate it for what it is. Because I really wasn't sure at first. Like,
3: No, you can't know. The first time you see it, you cannot know. You have to watch it. And then look it up and then watch it again to appreciate it. So for everybody who's never seen Manos, Hands of Fate, Manos was created by a, um, he's an insurance salesman. I think he was a fertilizer salesman too. His name is Harold Warren. I'll never forget this man. He goes by Hal. He goes by Hal. And he met a screenwriter because he's from uh, Dallas, Texas. And they, he ran in like the local theater group. And Basically, they're having a drink one night and he said it can't be that hard to make a movie and the screenwriter was like, yeah, it actually is really fucking hard to make a movie. And he said, fuck that, I'll make a movie. I'll make a great movie. He somehow scraped together like 20 grand and made Manos Hands of Fate.
2: Yeah, and I actually got like some really, really cool insight. Let me see when I wrote this article. I wrote this back in 2016, so it's been a bit. But um, I reached out to... And I, 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 I shit you not, the little girl who plays Debbie in the movie. Oh, okay. Oh, the one that it sounded like they dubbed her voice over with a full grown adult's voice. They okay. did it with the woman, the other, wo- the woman who plays the wife. That's why it that's sounds what, so that's familiar. That's what I thought.
0: I was like, what? Yeah.
2: And what? so I just reached out to her one day when I was working for Thought Catalog, and I was just like, hey, like this is one of my favorite movies of all time. You know, in a terrible way. Um, And I would love to give you an interview and she was so nice and so open and told me like so much really really cool stuff about this movie. But Tori is totally right. It was basically just Hal Warren going, Oh, yeah, I can do this. And like, I asked her in my article, if like I said, he comes off like super gruff and mean in the movie. Hal does because he plays the lead role also. He doesn't just direct and write and do everything out. He also is the lead role.
0: Oh, so he's basically a, a previous version of Neil Breen.
1: Or um, what's the guy that made the room?
2: Oh, Tommy was oh yeah, Tommy,
0: that's a really yep. good example.
1: Tommy Wiseau. Oh yeah, Whoa. that
2: guy.
0: I did what not. A guy. I did
1: not hit her. I did not. I did not. Oh, oh hi Rob.
2: <laughs> oh hi Mar. <laughs> Tearing me apart. Um. No, so, I I don't know, do you guys want me to get into, like, the details about, like, how this was made and just some of the more interesting tidbits, or do we want to talk about our reactions to the movie first? Well, why don't we,
3: why don't you introduce the characters, because we need to talk about Torgo and all of that. Torgo is, oh my god, Torgo. Torgo Torgo is, is,
2: I have literally photoshopped pictures of me and my friend into a picture with Torgo. That's how much I love him. Okay, so um, we'll go ahead and lay out the uh, characters. So director, producer, writer, Hal Warren, uh, his character is Michael. He is the patriarch of the family. Um, he is the one who's taking them on their road trip. And then I believe, uh, what's the what's the wife's
3: name? Is it Donna? It's, hang on. Uh, uh, her... Her name is Diane, but I can't remember what it is in the movie. Do they even call her by a name at any point? I
1: think she does have a name, but like all women like this that are like white, Margaret. It's
2: Margaret. Margaret. Okay, I was about about to call
1: her Deborah, but Margaret. I was about to call her Kathy,
2: so it's fine. (laughs) Yeah, we were all over the place with the white lady names. Uh, That's fair. And then there is little Debbie, who is their daughter. (laughs) there is their dog um
3: peppy
2: peppy yes peppy. Peppy, uh, peppy and they uh end up meeting a delightful cast of characters uh they meet torgo he is the caretaker what what is it? his line like oh it's, gosh i should have wait
3: wait i got it i am torgo i watch, I the, watch place, the
2: place while the master, while the master is, is away, away. <laughs> And no, he, he didn't even do, the, the cadence of his voice is literally like, I am Torgo. I watch the place while the master, the master is, is away. away. Can you, can you, you just... tell I've watched this movie a few times? And his
3: knees are backwards. I feel you, so okay. What is wrong? Do you know why? Well, he's supposed to be um uh, a satyr, right? Yeah, but they don't ever say that. Yeah, they just have him wearing pants the whole time. He looks like he has a disability. Yeah, and like, the- it's horrible. And then, like, okay, there's one scene where they pull up, right, and they meet Torgo. And Torgo comes down to help them get the suitcases out of the back of the car. And he's carrying a suitcase, and he's, like, about to fall over. Help him. That's, that's why you guys him. have
2: to – you have to watch the Mystery Science Theater because they, like, zero in immediately on why this is hilarious. Because they're, like – at some point, Michael makes him, get, like, get all of the stuff out of the trunk and then take it back. And he's, like, oh, okay, here I go, room. Like, Mm -hmm. because it's like, why are you going to make the dude who can't walk carry your suitcases? Um, But after Torgo, we have who he mentioned, which is the master. Um, He is basically, I would like to describe him as uh, a very pale vampire Hitler.
3: Yes.
1: What is his purpose? Do you know what I mean?
3: He runs the cult. That worships Manos. Yeah, but, do we, we, Manos. Don't know. Yeah, but yeah. we don't know if he's
2: alive or if he's a god no, or if he he's... is
3: eternal. Manos that's has what given
2: him eternal life. That's what he says. That's what a man would say. <laughs> that's but what, like,
0: that's what a also, cult leader would say. Sounds a lot like a cult to me.
1: Like, also, just to take a step back here, what are the hands of fate? What uh, hands are we talking about? I'm
2: assuming the giant hands on his robe,
1: <laughs> right? And like was like, was there supposed to be a larger significance to um, you know, the whole thing that happens with Torgo and fire and his hand?
3: All, um, all I know is that it was originally supposed to be called fingers of Fate. Yeah, and then he didn't like it. So then they changed it to Manos. So and and hands, we also have hands of fate.
2: I was gonna say yeah, we have to address the fact that it is now hands hands of fate, and they're yes. in El Paso, Texas. So it's not like these people don't speak Spanish down there, right?
1: Yeah. Exactly. Like, what is why? What is I honestly all around. But remember, <laughs> this is a very misguided single person thinking that he can creatively. Um, manage and produce an entire movie by himself. So It is,
3: it is very problematic. Yeah. Um, have you guys,
2: like, I don't, are you guys American Horror Story fans? Yes and no. Okay, well then that will lead in perfectly to what I'm about to say. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I feel like Hal Warren was the original Ryan Murphy. He walked in with a Ooh. bunch of big ideas and, like, big stuff he wanted to do. And then just kind of forgot about it halfway through.
0: Oh, so you took the words right out of my mouth when I was thinking, so you mean he shows up, does something good halfway
2: through, and then gives up? Yes, or loses interest and falls a butterfly. Like Yeah. Like,
1: yeah. I, okay. okay. Yeah.
2: Like, American Horror
0: Story 84 <laughs> is probably going to be really good.
2: He de- <laughs> he definitely takes his focus off of what he's doing. Like, he, he devotes a- all of his energy to something. Like... I think the best example of him doing a project right was American Crime Story. I really enjoyed it, it opened up my eyes to a lot of things because like, you know, we were all around the same age when the O.J. Simpson case happened and I found out a lot of stuff. And for Thought Catalog, I actually did fact check it and he was right. And so it seemed like he actually sat down and focused and finished something for once.
3: Oh, maybe I did see that one, but I didn't see the Gianni Versace one. That's the one I did not see. I've seen them both. And I don't know. I like the Gianni Versace one better than I like the O.J. Simpson one.
1: I have seen neither.
3: Oh, okay. Maybe we can have... A true
0: crime movie night, and we'll sit down and we'll watch it together. Yeah. Just for
2: you. Yeah. When it came to the O.J. Simpson one, I watched it with my late husband, and he was like, we'll watch, like, an episode or two. And then we were up until 4 a.m. The two things that I loved about American Crime Story, other than that I felt like the acting and the, the storytelling was really on point, was John Travolta's um, face Ooh. just throughout the whole thing. I wish yeah. I wish I had that resting bitch face. Rob Kardashian, played by uh, David Fisher, his hair is so tall, and he just, the whole, like, and I feel like this is probably very true to life, but the whole epi- or the whole series, he just has this look on his face like, what's going on? I don't, I don't know. I mean, but isn't, but isn't that, Juice? like,
0: isn't that David Schwimmer in a nutshell? My wife is a huge oh, David fan of-
2: Schwimmer, not David Fisher. David. I don't know who- No, 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 you're right. It's David Schwimmer. It's the guy from Friends.
0: Yeah, my wife is a huge fan of Friends, as in, like, you know how some people watch The Office- to go to sleep or like parks and rec it's like their comfort item friend friends is my wife's comfort item and every time there's like anything to do with ross i'm like he's the fucking worst he's oh, the he fucking is. worst and i feel like david schwimmer probably tries to distance himself From Ross at any given time, but every now and again he makes a Ross duh face and it catches me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think that like one of the most interesting things about it is is to watch like if it is true to life, which from all of my fact checking that I found it it is. But to watch it and like see just the growing horror on his face of, oh my God, he did it. He totally I didn't think yeah, he's like, I didn't think my friend did this, but he did this. And that is really interesting to watch. Anyway, as per usual, I have derailed us. Um,
0: Quite okay, Nicholas. Do you want to give your first impression of this film?
1: Um, okay, so I usually take notes while I'm watching a movie, and that's kind of what I use as like a jumping off point if we can't find somewhere to start. But um, I don't want, I don't want either of you to take offense to this. But the first thing, <laughs> the first thing I wrote down was. So, why this movie? <laughs>
2: um,
1: I do feel like we have, you know, covered that. So, here nor there. My overall, like, my o- overall impression of the first 10 minutes is why am I watching a 1960s, like, road trip infomercial for Ford <laughs> Motors?
3: Oh, because totally. he for- he forgot when he was doing the editing, he forgot to put the credits in like the op- that's supposed to be the opening credit scene. But he, he either forgot. run out of money or he forgot to put it in and he just decided fuck it, move it on.
1: Yeah, it was just it was a lot of elevator type music and it was yeah, a well, lot
3: get to play that sax.
1: Yeah. And it was it was yeah, it was just it was a lot of people driving in specifically Ford cars in the desert. And I was very confused.
2: Um, Tori, you should have told them to watch the Mystery Science Theater one, not the original cut No, no,
1: no, no
3: no. You need the original cut to get it
1: Right, no, I will say that now that I know everything that I need to know about it afterwards, everything clicks into place very neatly, so I'm glad that I did not watch the Mystery Science Theater one because it's a whole experience, you know what I mean? Oh Um, yeah I forget who says this line but I just really appreciated, I, I think it might have been the mom. She said, if you're running late, you should have started earlier. Oh, no, it no, no, no. It was
2: the cop. It was the
1: cop. It was the cop.
2: because they always go back to the couple making out. And it's like, how long are you guys going to make out? Right. You've been and there and for then, days. And
1: then, <laughs> and then they're like, and the cop's like, you know, you guys shouldn't be here. But, like, I won't do anything about it. And they're like, okay, like, leave us alone then. Yeah. And then he comes back every time. <laughs> well, um, but right she
3: was she was a model that he hired to be one of the wives. But before they started shooting, um, she broke her foot. So he had already paid her for the day, and he's like, "Well, I guess I got to figure out something for you." So stuck <laughs> her in a car and had her make out with one of like the PAs. Oh yeah, I actually
2: totally. I have that I have that note here. Like Tori's not even making that up. Um, hold on, what was his name? Because Little little Debbie told me this.
1: Little Little Debbie. Debbie.
2: Little Debbie.
0: That's that's my Uh, favorite
2: lady. (laughs) Uh, Okay, she said, um, let's see, Bernie Rosenblum was his name. He was the kissing teenager, but he was also the assistant cameraman and stunt coordinator. And he was also the stunt man. And so Hal rolling down the hill is actually Bernie. Oh, my God. Oh, Bernie, a man of many talents. I was going to say, Bernie earned his paycheck. But he also Uh, got to make out with the bottle, so...
1: Mm hmm. Well, I'm just I, I'm going to get everything I own embroidered with. If you're running late, you should have started earlier. <laughs> no. um, and then I and then I forgot we were in Texas for a while. I thought we were in the <laughs> California desert. And then I was like, wait, no, that doesn't make any sense. And then I forget how, but somehow I figured out again that we were in Texas. Um, <laughs>
2: it's like a, a haze. You're just going in and out, trying to focus on what the hell is
1: happening. Yeah, and then and then like, it becomes very clear very quickly. They're never gonna make it to this lodge. They're they're lost. And and then I was just like, oh great, you know, another movie where. Dad's masculinity was threatened a little bit, so he (laughs) fucked everybody over.
2: I will not ask for directions.
1: Yeah. But, like, he's literally, there's at one point, he's literally driving through a bush.
2: I
0: mean, if that's not a dad move, I don't know what is.
1: Oh God! Ew. I refuse to wow. be
0: wrong. I refuse to be wrong. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna <laughs> traverse it. So and yeah,
2: I, it was... I will say this too. Also, like we'll get into it later, but like what um, Jackie, who played Debbie, told me, he did not like children.
1: <laughs> oh no! And so, what?
2: however long, however long that they're driving he's probably already getting irritated and already mad. Cause maybe like you
1: said, his masculinity is being threatened and he already knows this is a shit show,
2: but he can't turn back now.
1: Damn wow. it. So that, w- that was some real method acting on his part. Huh? That's, um, that's impressive for oh. a first timer.
2: <laughs> Way to go. little well, that, that was something that, yeah, that was something Jackie told me. Cause I asked, I was like, you know, did he, was he really this mean? And she was like, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. So he he was was, not acting whenever you see him.
3: Apparently he was kind of an asshole too because at one point in the movie um, Torgo is watching the wife change through a window Mm -hmm. and you never really see anything but according to the lady who played the wife before they shot the scene uh, he he told her, you know, why don't you take your top off, honey? So he was one of those typical 1960s chauvinist, asshole dudes. And I think he loved it because he hired all of these models. And then the lady that was the wife, she actually was like a beauty, like a Texas beauty queen too. And at one point in the movie, like, when they go into the desert and they're running from everybody, like, one of the master's wives is, like, trying to make out with his, like, passed out body. So this was just, like, our friend Hal just, like, jerking himself off the entire time.
1: Oh, man. Oh, I don't I, mean, I don't as, get them. As-
3: <laughs> Me As though we could <laughs> tell that from
2: the completely unnecessary all out sorority nighty cat thought brawl like there was no point in the plot for that it was just suddenly oh all these girls are in what we consider to be like sexy lingerie for the 60s and they're gonna get into a fight and I'm definitely not in the corner jerking it while we <laughs>
3: film
1: yeah this. that was that was that was odd but I mean like I mean, yeah so there long. was I just I, and so like an overall the impression was wait this was only an hour and nine minutes this <laughs> felt like a lot longer and that's yes.
0: how we that's how we happened into furry nights
1: very we, true literally very, very 10 true.
0: minutes in Nick and I were like do do we turn this off or or no like do we ride this out
1: and then we wrote it out and then it and took then we two were days
0: like, to watch
1: Yeah, and we were like, you know what, we should go to sleep. Um, And then we woke up, we were prepared to continue, and we legit thought there was like no more than 15 minutes left, and there was like at least 45 minutes left.
2: We were halfway done when we gave up for the night. Uh I mean, at some point, there's like a sunk cost fallacy where you're like, I've done it for this long. That's how I felt during the happening.
0: One of my
3: favorite parts of this movie is, like, as soon as the one wife started giving him lip, he's like, she's got to go. No, my favorite scene is when all of the, like, when he finally wakes up all of his wives. And he's sitting on his, like, weird stone altar bed. And they're just all going around, like, (laughs) chatting with each other at the same time. And the camera zooms in on his face and he just looks fucking exasperated. (laughs) That is my favorite.
2: Yeah, they show his face and he's just, like... Fuck. Hardly, I done, am I right? I done made a mistake <laughs> eight times.
1: I mean, it's no one's fault but his. So like, yeah, deal literally. with it. I
0: like how he's like, mm, that one's too much talky. Get me a new one.
1: <laughs> and okay. he has yeah. a new one lined up. Yeah. yeah. It's like he had a new one lined up, but then, like there's Debbie. And then it's like,
2: Oh, that's the, that's gross. Yeah. yeah.
1: Debbie is a child. She is not anyone's wife, please.
2: When you see, like, if you watch the mystery science theater episode, it shows like when it's going through those scenes, it gets to, you know, Diane or whatever her fucking name is, Margaret. And (laughs) it shows her and they're like, Oh, and it shows Debbie and the people from mystery science
1: theater go, boo. (laughs) I mean, I mean, rightfully so. And I mean, honestly, Debbie was the scariest part of this movie only because who, the, her dubbed voice was like demon. It was a demon.
2: Okay, I, I actually have a point on that. Hold on. I've got to find it in my article real quick. Um, and this, oh, this is so sad. I don't want to make anybody sad, but I might have to. So she's talking about the premiere of this movie like the very first time it's going to be aired in front of anybody. And Mm -hmm. she says, so we all go in and my dad chose for us to sit fifth row center so we could see, then quickly realized his mistake when the lights went down, because I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but her dad actually played the master. No. Yes. Oh God. Her dad (laughs) was the master. Her mother sewed the costumes. And I think it was her dad who actually painted that picture of the master.
3: Oh, this was very much like a family thing in my house. I know. That is what
2: right? I, want. I know. Um, but this is very much, and she said, she's like, she looks back on this and like, she knows how dumb it was now, but like, it's very much like a family bonding thing. Like, they all did it together and like had a good time. It's so like that's when what you makes. You
0: go to summer camp. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Or like family vacations. Like, that's what they did. My parents made me go to Jesus camp, so I can't relate. Oh, so she said that they quickly realized
2: his mistake once the lights went down, which I feel so bad because, like, this means that he's not only her dad, he's also the master. So people can probably see who he is. After the eight-minute driving scene, people are chuckling and whispering, but we were trapped and we had to stay. (laughs) So this was a packed theater. Oh, another thing that she had mentioned to me, too, was that... Hal had actually paid, as we said before, this is in El Paso, Texas. Hal had actually paid Mexican children to come up to the people walking into the premiere, the actors and the actresses, and ask for autographs.
1: What? Oh my God!
2: What in the That's how gross this dude is. Yes, exactly. So she says. Debbie or Jackie. She says, from my point of view, I wasn't really noticing the angst or the discomfort. I was just so full of excitement and anticipation of seeing myself on screen. (laughs) Oh, settle in, everybody. I remember sitting there expectantly and my character opens her mouth on screen and this weird voice comes out of my mouth and I just burst into tears. I don't even remember a whole lot of the movie after that because I was so humiliated and embarrassed for myself because nobody told the kid that the voices were going to be dubbed. Throughout the whole filming, I would think I didn't say something loud enough and Hal would say, it's fine. You did fine. Well, it was because it didn't matter. The whole thing was shot silent. He knew he was going to dub it over later anyway.
0: Oh, how nice.
2: Yeah. So, um, This guy sounds like a real fucking winner. I don't like Hal. Hal's a turd. No. Well, and what's even funnier, and like I'm not trying to say this to throw shade, I'm just saying that it's kind of interesting, is that after I talked to Jackie about this, like she was not necessarily like mean to Hal. Like I think she was honest. But after I reached out to her, suddenly I get a friend request from somebody else with the last name Warren. It's Hal Warren's son.
0: (gasps) The plot thickens.
2: So, yeah, I, I talked to him, too, and he was like, oh, well, I feel like I should be able to say something for my dad. And I was like, okay, yeah, like, what do you want to say? And he was basically like, he was really proud of it. Yeah, I'm sure the apple doesn't far fall like, from the tree. was like, Yes, but, Ash, we have not gotten your thoughts on the movie. Oh, oh, I have thoughts with friends. <laughs> oh. Um, oh,
0: so after watching this... um. My thought is, I'm pretty sure this is the best worst movie I've ever seen, hands love down.
2: Yep. Manos, hands down. <laughs> oh, I love it! High five! Yeah, f- high five with all of my hands. Oh,
0: all all two of them. Good job. <laughs> you don't um, know me. <laughs> I, I mean, if you have an extra, that's cool. I think my favorite part of the movie is when. All the wives are like bickering, and the master's like, That one's gotta go. Bring me the child. Kill the <laughs> child. Take the hot wife. And like, Hal is just like corpsey in the mountains with Torgo dragging his lifeless I mean, it's not lifeless, it's full of life, unfortunately body through the mountains. And he's like, how do I save my family? And then there's nothing. I felt like there was a hate crime being committed against me (laughs) because it was that bad. I felt like this was a big old practical joke that you and I were being put up to, but I enjoyed it, and that made me uncomfortable. (laughs) So you don't know what happens in the end? Tell me what happens in the end. I want to know.
3: Oh, This is the only
0: time I've never finished a movie.
3: The ending... We cut to another road trip of two young women driving through the Texas countryside. And it starts to rain, and they pull over, and they put the hood up on their convertible because we have all of this unnecessary detail. Because it takes forever. Because the whole gang's coming up. We're going to have a great time. I mean, 10 miles might
0: as well be 10 years, according to Margaret. When she's like
3: looking for a phone. Like, 10 miles?
0: Forget it. (laughs)
3: They pull up to the lodge, and now our friend Torgo is no longer there. All right. Yeah, because he got got Rolf to death. He got Rolf, like, in a weird ASMR-type scene with the hands in front of the camera. But It, it was
2: shot really well, though. I'll
0: give them that.
3: Give them that. It was a weird ASMR thing. But then, standing in the doorway, welcoming the new visitors to the lodge, is Mike, who watches the place while the master is away.
0: I want to know,
3: like, what kind of
0: weird hypnotism situation occurred for Torgo to have become Torgo?
3: Do you think I maybe so Torgo many... had a real name before he was Torgo? I feel bad for, okay, okay. is Tor- All Torgo wanted was a wife. Mm. But you have so many, why can't I have why one? Why can't I have one wife? Is Torgo an incel? Because he hates the women but he wants the women and then mm. he tries to touch the women torgo is a satyr
2: he is a mythical creature mm. um. but i mean
0: okay so yes torgo is a mythical creature but like did he start off as a man i have a lot of unanswered questions that are never going to be answered i want a
3: prequel <laughs> well, well, we'll never be able to know because the actor who played Torgo killed himself a month before this movie came out. Are you kidding? No. That's so sad. No. It's, no isn't that I've, awful? He doesn't get to know how iconic he became in this, like, Justice war. Um, justice for I've Torgo. Got uh, hashtag justice for
2: Torgo. I totally agree. And
0: um, I, I know the master passed away in 2016, so he yes, lived that was, a long, that was, old life.
2: Yes, and actually I have some sweet stories about that. Um, so I asked her um, about John Reynolds. That's the guy who played Torgo. Uh, he used drugs the whole movie. The whole movie. He was pretty much either high on marijuana or LSD. Wow,
0: that's a combo. Which
2: I think kind of makes sense if you see his eyes a lot where they're very, like, unfocused. (laughs) He's Um, very glassy. Yes, and so that makes a lot more sense. She said he spent a lot of time that way, especially towards the end. That part wasn't a surprise, but the suicide was, like, a shock to everybody. She said, uh, he killed himself on a Sunday. My mother and I were going to school on Monday, and no one had heard about it. We were listening to the radio, the news, and then they announced it on the radio, which has to be hard. Yeah, yeah. And she said, my mother just gasped, burst into tears, and pulled over. I remember sitting there so in shock and uncomfortable. Because also, you have to remember at this point, Jackie slash Debbie is like six or seven years old. And she said, "Um, I just remember sitting there in shock and uncomfortable and not knowing what to do. Just sitting there in the car with my mother, waiting for her and being able to compose herself enough to go on. So they did end up going to school. I cleared up a rumor because something that I had read... Was that? Um, so those leg, leg braces we talked about that make Torio look like a satyr. Mm. Um. I had read that he wore those, and that actually is what caused like his drug use was because they like fucked up his legs so badly, he got addicted to painkillers. Um. She said her dad, the master, actually built them. Huh. And that he wore them correctly, and they were padded. And they weren't comfortable, but they weren't painful. She said they did all of the filming in eight days. That's a very short period of time to become addicted to painkillers to that point of devastation. So no, that's not true. So I thought that was super interesting. But then to lighten the mood a little bit was that when she found out um, that they were being featured on Mystery Science Theater. Because usually I think that these movies have like fallen into public domain and that's why they were able to do them for mystery science theater
0: that makes
2: sense um, yeah so they like didn't have to be notified that this was happening but she said that her dad the master called her one day and was like guess what i saw and he actually was a mystery science theater fan and so he was just watching one day and saw the movie that he was in and i think that's so cute she said that he liked watching it on Saturdays, and I remember I used to watch it on Saturdays, and that he was watching it and like taking a nap and like almost dozing off. And then he heard the Torgo music and like just sat straight up. He's like, Hello? Serial time? <laughs> Torgo? Torgo!
0: <laughs> Torgo and the called-
2: Magnificent yes and he saw himself on screen and was just amazed and I think that's really sweet because like I think a lot of people could look at that and be like oh they're making fun of me and I like tried really hard on that but instead he was like cool (laughs) yeah her dad seemed like a really really nice guy it's like the same
0: thing as like I mean it's apples and oranges but it's the same thing as watching the documentary the best worst movie about trolls too Oh, I for, love like, that one. Where it's become, like, it's one of my favorite documentaries. It's become, like, a cult classic. And, like, the people who were in it, like, have embraced it for what it is. Because they know it's bad. Like, they went into it and they were like, this is not, I don't think this is what we think it is. And <laughs> it's just one of the, seriously, it's one of the best documentaries. I, I really enjoy it. I
2: think I've seen it, like, twice. I agree. Like, the, first of all, The Dentist is, like, it's heartwarming. Right? And you like, see these people. Who can make fun of themselves and be like, yeah, that was shitty, wasn't it? That and was real guess- shitty, and we had fun. And I feel and like that's
0: what this is. It's shitty, but I think I had fun with it.
2: But, of course, there's always a Hal Warren in there somewhere. Because there's the director of Troll 2.
0: Oh, Jesus, yeah. Who's He's like, a-
2: you don't understand what I was doing.
0: You didn't either, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I'm really glad that we covered this because this is, I literally just texted my cousin who is like basically one of my brothers and he is obsessed with good, bad horror movies. And I was like, you need to watch this. It's Probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen. He's like in a good way. And I was like, that's up to you. I can't (laughs) make that judgment call for you.
2: Oh, so earlier you were saying what your favorite line was. And I know what Jackie's favorite line was. And I forgot about it until I just now read it. And she's right. Whatever it is you're not doing, go don't do it somewhere else. That's
0: a lot of negatives. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, the cop. Nick, what's your favorite line? The
1: cop, you know, it's just there's always that one character who has all the prolific lines. And in this movie, it was the cop. So, it's the cop,
0: nice. it's like, it's the Curtis Mooney in Killer Clowns. They all have a trope, mm-hmm. and this cop was exemplary in being an idiot.
1: Yeah, because he wasn't actually doing any police work.
3: Nope, not even a little bit. <laughs> hey, stop well, making best out. Part, the best yeah. part was, like, because Hal was so freaking cheap, he um, wanted to shoot all the night scenes at night uh. in Texas outside so in that last scene where they like (laughs) hear the gunshot he they tried to like walk off into the desert but they couldn't because there were so many freaking bugs everywhere so you can can actually you can see them it's so funny it is just amazing it's so so terrible they couldn't walk too far away because they would just be swarmed with like locusts
1: yeah
2: and and here's the thing i said earlier that it was shot silent but I don't
1: know if I notated this. There are only two voices. Oh, very, I, I that does not surprise me at all whatsoever.
2: It is all Hal, and it is all the woman who played the wife. Yep,
1: so, that, makes, that makes sense.
2: Yep. <laughs> Margaret. Oh, Margaret.
1: Margaret. It's, like mean,
0: such, it's such a weird time for film anyway, and then you throw this in there, and you're like, what kind of weird fucking culty dating game is happening (laughs) i mean
1: all i'm saying is my husband and i want to adopt when we are ready to have children and if a potential child of ours opens up their mouth and sounds like anything that debbie sounded like (laughs) no thanks
0: um, as <laughs> much as I will love your adopted children, I will
2: tell you not to get that one.
0: Like, like that,
1: that that child is possessed by a demon. Yeah. You. And now-
2: again, I think it's it's so sad that because, like, it's kind of like how I talked earlier about how I was on the Snapped, you know, Oxygen special. And I was super excited. And, like, imagine if I had watched that and they had dubbed over my voice. Yeah. Nick and I did this in a
0: bonus episode and I really liked it as an icebreaker question. So our audience can get to know you guys a little better. And then we'll do official ratings and close this bad boy out. Sound good? That sounds fantastic. Nick, we've already done this question. Mm -hmm. What is your go-to Chipotle order? Okay,
2: I'll go first. When it comes to Chipotle, because I'm actually usually a Qdoba girl. I work there very briefly.
0: I'm so glad you said that, because there's none left here, and it's one of my favorite places.
2: Qdoba, I feel like, is honestly always the best, but when I go to Chipotle, it is always a kid's quesadilla, but (laughs) I have them add pico de gallo, and then I get chips and guac, even though the guac I make is way better.
0: That's fair. That's fair. I mean, like, personally, I'm a hungry person, so a kid's quesadilla just ain't gonna cut it for me, but (laughs) Tori...
3: All right. Tell me, tell so, me your Chipotle order. So I try to beat the system, okay? Same, same. I do. I'm listening. I want to know I, your hacks. I try to do like a naked burrito kind of thing, right? Okay. Hit it with a cilantro lime rice. Get uh-huh. you some beans. I do chicken or ste- Maybe steak if I'm feeling fancy, but usually chicken because I'm poor. That's like um, that's like a first date meal. Like, oh, you're buying steak, please. Steak, please. Um, throw some fajita veggies on that bitch hit it with some cheese, hit it with all the veggies I can get. Then I get um, like a bunch of different salsas on it. Then I get chips and then I eat it like nachos because you get more and you still get the nacho thing. And I love rice. Me too.
0: That's a really smart way of doing it. I'm slightly more picky because like, I feel like if I get lettuce, I'm just being like unkind to myself because (laughs) if I'm going for Chipotle, i'm not going because i'm being health conscious i'm going because i got a hankering real bad and i need i need that lime rice so mm. I'm, I'm gonna do like double rice because i'm a carb up because i need to like save this fat for winter time chicken fajitas if i'm feeling sassy um <laughs> cheese sour cream um the corn salsa specifically the corn salsa, and then I get a side of the vinaigrette that's reserved for a quote-unquote salad.
3: I've never had it, but I cannot do guacamole because I have the worst allergy in the world. I am allergic to avocados. I can't do guacamole because I think it's gross. I love avocados. I am allergic to them. I know, Tori, when you come
2: down and visit me for my birthday, because you're still doing that, right? Yes, Um, yes, I'm calling you out on the podcast.
3: You (sighs) constantly need validation. I will be there. Oh, I need a Leo. it. Because she's
2: I a know Leo. You. such a Leo. Thank you. I am 100% a Leo. But I was going to say, I will not make guacamole in front of you. Maybe I will make you a Mexican street corn because that does not have any avocados in it. Yes.
0: Elote forever.
2: Mm-hmm, yes. Oh, man. Like, my late husband showed me the best way to make it. And it's so yummy. And uh-huh. that's one of the few things that, like. It's very sad when it comes to my new relationship because I love my boyfriend very much, but he has the taste palette of a fifth grader.
0: And with that, do we want to give a final rating on (laughs) this (laughs) film?
2: Oh.
1: Uh It's hard.
0: I mean, ladies first, you guys are the guests, so
3: we'll let y'all rating system. Mm
1: -hmm. So on a scale of one to five jack-o' lanterns. Okay. What would you score this movie? (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh, God, it's hard because it's like I want to give it five jack-o'-lanterns because I love it so much. But, like, if I have to be honest, it's like the stem of a jack-o'-lantern. Like, it is not good. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever had any stem ratings. It's a stem. One stem. Uh-oh. We're giving it a stem. So that's like a 0. .5. <laughs> okay. I will give
2: it a two only because of the friendships that it has allowed me to make. And the enjoyment that has brought me. Not because of the quality, but because of those things. So I I'll go ahead and give it a two. But when it comes to the the actual quality of the film, I will completely agree with Tori. STEM. Not maybe not even a STEM. Maybe, maybe no pumpkin. No, no pumpkin, pumpkin at all. Pumpkin's yes. not even on the porch. You're one of those crappy people who Halloween rolls around, you don't even put a pumpkin out on your porch. Are you sure that it wasn't just that they didn't want to give out candy?
3: Then put a bowl of fucking candy on your porch. Don't be a monster. (laughs) Don't be a monster.
0: Feed kids candy for free.
3: (laughs) Or... Or just do the thing where you put the empty bowl out and you stick a sign that says take one, right? But you never put any candy in it, but it looks like you participated.
0: Oh, you're
2: that asshole. Okay. I, sure even- I never even
0: thought of that,
3: and I am a Slytherin
2: to my core. <gasps> not in my house. This is a house of Hufflepuffs.
1: Well, technically, I got Slytherin on that quiz, too. So I was
0: actually really Yay! surprised by
2: that. Hi,
1: Nick. I don't, like, I, I don't want to be a Slytherin, though. <laughs> no,
2: no, Nick, come over to the Slytherin side. We are not all mean. All it means is that we know how to navigate our way through lives, much like a snake.
3: I got Ravenclaw. I think I proved that on the daily. <laughs> I know, and that you still act like
2: a Slytherin, so.
0: Um, I literally got into a fight with this guy that I worked with because he was being real like whiny and bitchy and I was like you're being a real fucking Slytherin right now and he's like are you fucking kidding me I'm gonna take this quiz right now tell me where I take it I'm not a fucking Slytherin and I was like listen I'm not saying it's bad I'm just saying that you're being a Slytherin right
2: now so you know, that's I'm uh, actually it's funny I am literally wearing my Slytherin shirt right now yes. I am eight, an out and proud Slytherin and it's because I'm not a shitty person I just know what I can do in life and I try to do it the right way and I have always said that when I read Harry Potter from the very beginning when I was 11 years old I was reading it and I was like oh, I'd be in Slytherin and nobody in Slytherin would like me <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd have to go to the other houses and find new friends Do you think Slytherin has like a bunch of gay kids
0: in it too? I just want to know
2: Oh, totally, because I am – I well, I, I don't want to say this because, Nicholas, you know, I know
1: you are gay, but, like, I feel like I am kind of a gay man at my heart. Oh, no offense to that. Absolutely not. I was just <laughs> thinking, like, obviously, if I have to, like – if I have to be a Slytherin, like, oh, well, then check, number one. But, like, also – Forest green is, like, kind of one of my colors. So. It's a
0: good color, and it probably, and it mm. does look nice on you. I've seen it on you. Yeah, the green and the silver. Nicholas, how many pumpkins would you give this film?
1: I'm, I'm going to treat this specifically like a Yelp review where um, <laughs> I'd give it zero if I could, but I had to give it one.
2: And that is why you are a Slytherin.
0: <laughs> I would give this film two whole jack o' lanterns right, because if it wasn't for this film, we wouldn't be friends. Aww. Aww.
1: Oh, that was it's so sweet.
0: heartwarming. That was nice. It's heart. That was nice. Yeah. Listen, I suggest it. I feel like everybody should watch it because it's bad enough. To make me not finish it. Then somebody else needs to finish it. And figure out what happened. Like somebody <laughs> okay. else needs to watch it. And be like yeah no I agree. This is really terrible. I, I actually have a suggestion.
2: So here's okay. the thing. You can either watch. The uncut version. Okay. Or you can do what I used to do in college. You can watch the mystery science theater version. And you can turn it into a drinking game.
3: That and could here- be.
2: Wait, wait for it.
3: <laughs> oh, God, my liver is already hurting remembering Tori this. Tori already
2: knows this because oh. she was around when we did this the first time. Ooh. So, <laughs> you drink every time something is fucking stupid.
0: Which is oh. the whole
2: movie. The You're whole drinking movie. for an hour exactly. and ten minutes. I will, I will never forget. When my friend Brandon, that was his suggestion. He was like, hey, let's like, let's do drink. Cause like, that was our thing. We would watch movies and like do drinking games and like make up our own drinking games about them. And he's like, let's drink every time something's fucking stupid. And the funniest thing is, is that as the movie went on and he drank more, he got more angry. So every (laughs) even like tiny thing made him more angry. And so then he was like, that's fucking stupid. That's I'm going to get another drink. I'm like, I'm sure you are, dude. I'm sure you are, my friend. (laughs) <laughs> but that that can be fun but i would also recommend drinking in uh moderation do do not do what brandon did <laughs> yeah.
0: don't be a brandon drink don't
2: responsibly
1: be a brandon. oh don't be a brandon um yeah don't be a brandon or my freshman roommate who thought he was having sex with our rug and then <laughs>
3: You can't start a sentence like that.
1: <laughs> and then and then he completely um, saturated our rug with his urine when oh. he passed out. That was that was super fun. Um, yeah. yeah, I was on like I was on like the business bro floor, but I am a homosexual studying pre-med biology. I was so not in the right place. Um,
0: I'm, on the, I'm on the wrong floor.
1: <laughs> I was I was very much on the wrong floor but luckily my building was connected to a girl's building Bless. right next door and my friend Laura Skoda lived on the same floor as me in this other building so I would just walk across the walkway even though students weren't supposed to walk on them and I would just be like hi uh, my roommate's being stupid again he um,
0: himself can I sleep here
1: he peed himself and I'm not gonna clean him up. Um yeah, no. Uh I there was I there wasn't really a point to bringing that up, but I was, I was
2: going gonna to say are so are we gonna leave up on Pete? Leave oh, it on Pete.
1: I know where I was going with this. So so in total, we are giving Manos the hands of fate five point five out of ten stars. Um I-
2: that's fair because that, it's it's enjoyable if you understand what it is.
1: Right, I I, I think they're very generous. It's <laughs> generous, especially if you compare our five point five to the one point nine out of <laughs> that 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 IMDb gives it. Um,
2: well, but I, I think could... that honestly, like for a while. I had when certain people called me the Torgo theme song as the ringtone.
1: Yeah, and like so, why, is, why does nobody but Torgo have his own theme music? I mean, that's I'm, just, mean I'm not claiming no, but what's so great.
2: it's just do 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 like I wish people would play that when I walked in and out of the office. My life would be a lot better.
0: Do you think if Torgo had a cell phone that would be his ringtone?
1: I would hope so um i want someone to create for me uh the master's robe and i and i want to wear it i think you can get it
2: on etsy honestly oh my God. god nicholas christmas is coming Oh my god. And by the way, when we get off of here, I will send both of you over Skype the picture that I photoshopped literally like 6 or 7 years ago of me and yes. my best friend who loved Manos. I photoshopped a picture of us with Torgo and I'm sorry, it's it's fabulous. It's it's so good.
0: I don't think it's bad. I know already it's not going to be bad cuz I'm a sucker <laughs> for a bad photoshop. <laughs> All right, guys. Do you want to quickly plug your cast and where our pumpkin patch friends can find you?
2: Absolutely. I will say again. I am Megan. I am also known as MJ Pack. You can find me on Facebook at MJ Pack. You can find me on Twitter at Megslice, and you can find me on Instagram at MegDonalds. And I am a co-host of Toil and Trouble podcast, which you can find at toil and trouble podcast on instagram toil and trouble podcast on facebook and toil and trouble podcast underscore er, sorry back up toil and trouble underscore on twitter
3: all right and i am tori the other half of toil and trouble and you can find me on instagram at victoria red velvet you can find me on twitter i don't really tweet i just have one it's tour is boring and yeah, that's all I have. I don't have a fancy Facebook page like Megan does. I
1: don't either. Sorry. Yeah, no. Well, as always, guys, you can find us on Instagram at Copulators Die First Pod. And you can email in with questions, comments, concerns, or thoughts to Copulators Die First Podcast at gmail.com. And please, Go check out our new website if you haven't, copulatorsdiefirst.com. I worked on it real hard, and I think it's pretty, and I hope you think it's pretty too.
2: I, I do. Tell you, I looked at it. I like it. Yes, mm. and I—I'm a marketing person. I—I I have been spending the last two weeks building websites, and I can say it is a beautiful website. So, congratulations.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: I'm—I'm like, uh, I'm so proud of you for building this website. Yeah. I think it's absolutely gorgeous. And And I haven't given you a proper thank you because thank you. And also thank you to Squarespace.
1: I was about to say hashtag non-spons, but thank you Squarespace.
0: (laughs) Non-spons, but thank you Squarespace anyway for helping us build a really great website. And, um, we got a kick-ass shop that, can I help you? (laughs) (laughs) Lillian does not give a shit about our
2: store. She's not buying anything because she has no money. That's funny. Well, and I would like to go ahead and say thank you so much. First of all, thank you, Tori, for making this connection. Thank thank you you. for – you're welcome. Are (laughs) you going to go ahead and take that rare compliment? One. Since you never complimented me.
0: It's your one for the month. One for
2: (laughs) the month. (laughs) Um, And thank you, uh, Nick and Ash, for having us on your show. We are so honored, and it's been so much fun. And I was a little bit worried about like the dynamic of having four people on here, but I think that we did a really good job and I, I'm just really happy to be here. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you for, um, exposing both of us to manos.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You (laughs) say it like it's an STD.
0: (laughs) I mean, listen, we're, we're all infected now.
1: So now now we we all have antibodies, so we're fine. (laughs)
2: Yeah, is that medically accurate, Nick?
1: That is medically accurate. <laughs> there we
2: go. Let's pass it on like the ring. Now we yes. have to pass it on so that the curse does not stay.
0: So that is the pumpkin patch homework for the week. Pass this on like the ring. Show one person after you watch it yourself because it is something.
1: <laughs> it is. And it's not that long either, so you don't really have that much of an excuse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, and
0: you, can, you know, just listen longer. to it
1: for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna pester everyone again as usual. Uh pester is a strong word, but I I advise maybe you, I I ask with great intensity <laughs> that you go give us a five-star review on iTunes because that would help us out a lot. We are currently at 15. Um, we actually got a new review this week and it was nice and I don't know who it is, but, um, thank you. And, uh, I don't know my, I I can feel my brain floating away from my head right now. So we better wrap this up.
0: (laughs) It's because you're thinking about pizza.
1: Oh, you know, you're not completely wrong about that, to be honest with you. Um, but so, yeah. Anything else you want to discuss, Ashley?
0: No, I am just super happy that we did this. Thank you guys so much for coming on. It was an honor and a privilege to have you. Mm -hmm. Anytime you want to come back and be a guest, just text me and we will put it on the calendar. Because Nick and I are disorganized adults and we're just
2: pulling shit out of our hats.
0: And
1: we
2: we would love to have you guys on our podcast as well. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely, especially with Halloweeny time coming.
0: Halloweeny time is coming. Um Nick and I have spooky tales from our Springfield that we can tell yes. that I would Megan, I would love to guile you with tales of spooks and and urban legends from our hometown. So
3: yeah, we've got some heavy stuff coming up, so it might be nice to like have you guys on and not make our listeners cry. Like we that's did with there. the Gypsy Blanchard series. That yeah. Was, so, that is, is,
1: yeah. I, we will always be your comic relief. That's We that's, need it.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: um, and uh, campers, we only have a few weeks left of camp. So we
0: literally have like three weeks left.
1: Yeah. We're coming to the end here. So stay happy and hydrated and use your bug spray. Um, and in September, It's basically pre-October,
0: so we're going to get
1: back to things as usual, and I'm super excited for it.
0: I'm super excited for October because Nick and I have some pretty cool stuff planned. With that, pumpkins, people, friends, keep on creeping on, and we'll see you next week.
1: Bye! Bye!